Hello, hello. Welcome and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna Burt and Candace Gomez. Jenna is a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Candace is an active duty member of 17 years, a military spouse of 13 years, a mom, and a student. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us today. As always, we highly encourage you to share our podcast. Also, we definitely appreciate any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave us some feedback, please feel free to email us at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at confessionsofamillspouse. Before we jump in, um, I just want to take a moment to say um, we did not have an episode out last week. Um <laughs> because life has just been crazy, which is definitely a good intro into um, our episode this week. But before we even get there, um, as you may have noticed, our Apple podcast um, previous link did not have any updated episodes on it. Um, We were able to catch that thanks to a amazing fan who brought it to our attention. Um, but that has been fixed. Unfortunately, it is not the same link as before. So if you are an Apple person, um, go search confessions of a military spouse. You'll find our new, um, I forget what it's called, but anyway, you'll find our new link on there and make sure you subscribe to that one. So you guys are not missing an episode and share it with your friends. So those that were listening previously are getting the new content. So I think that's all my announcements that I need to make today. (laughs) So with all of that being (laughs) said, um, (laughs) Candace and I decided that we were going to do something called mental health may. Um, and we wanted to kind of share our experiences um, with our mental health struggles that we have had. Um, and <laughs> we actually tried to record this last night. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have not seen Candace's reel on Instagram, go watch it because at the end she said, we'll be back when we can get it together, guys. And <laughs> there has never been a more true statement. Um, like I said, we tried for probably 30 minutes yesterday to get this right. And... Oh, goodness. It was a struggle. But we are here and we are recording. Um, And so let's jump in and talk about Mental Health May. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good segue, a nice deep breath, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that Candace and I were talking about yesterday when we were trying to get everything working is just how overwhelming, um, you know, she made the comment to me yesterday about, man, these last two weeks have just been so overwhelming. And I was kind of shocked whenever she said that because I had definitely been feeling the same way that the last two weeks have been overwhelming. And I had actually had a conversation at lunch yesterday with my coworkers um, about how they have also felt that the last couple weeks have really been overwhelming. Um, you know, I personally am dealing with a lot of stuff mental health wise. Um, you know, I've got my, the PMDD that affects me all the time. Um, that in itself just takes a big toll and trying to balance everything that I'm balancing lately. And I've definitely, um, 
overcommitted myself and taken on more than I can actually handle. Um, so that has definitely taken um, a toll on my mental health. And I, you know, it got to the point where the other day I told my husband, I said, if I don't take a break and if I don't slow down, it's going to get to the point where my body breaks down and tells me that I have to slow down. Um, so for, you know, probably the last week or so I've thought, man, it's like, I'm just in this really hard time. I'm just in this really bad slump. Like things just are not very good. So to hear two of my coworkers and then Candace say, wow, like these last two weeks have just been really hard. Um, it kind of took me back a little bit and made me be like, wow, maybe it's, maybe it's not just me. And you know, if we're feeling this way, some of our listeners have to be feeling that way too. For sure. Uh, So we just thought it was definitely important to talk about it. And um, one of the interesting things that, you know, Candace said yesterday was in regards to coronavirus. And, you know, I told her, like, I want you to talk about that because it's something that I didn't really think about. And I don't know if other people have thought about, um, but I definitely think it's a contributing factor. Yeah, I think everything... You know, you don't realize you don't realize like how much really wasn't going on until things started to happen again. So like the last two weeks, really, I think just in general, like especially in the military community, we've like really ramped up on get your vaccines, get your vaccines, get your vaccines. I know in the command that I work in, um, they just told all the active duty Marines, hey, if you are 14 days post full vaccination and the CDC would consider you fully vaccinated, um, in your workspace. And when you're, you know, doing your own like PT or with your unit and things like that, you don't have to wear your mask anymore. Of course, we still have to wear it. Like when we go to the exchange or the commissary, um, or like those public places on the base. Um, but when we're in our workspaces or we're in formation or something like that, we're not required to wear a mask anymore. And so I think that people are starting to kind of ease up Um, on some things because so many people are becoming vaccinated and everything is, at least in my state, in North Carolina. (laughs) Um, I won't speak for everywhere because I know that that's not the case. You know, a lot of my family lives in California, um, so it's not the case everywhere. But um, even in California, my cousin, um, she's a little older than me and uh, her her daughters are in um, junior high, eighth, eighth seventh and eighth grade and um they just finally returned back to school yes yep like in-person school so things are starting to kind of get back to uh, I guess quote-unquote normal or pre-pandemic and we're starting to kind of ramp up again and so that is just making things feel very very busy and we've been on like this kind of a break and a slowdown like I feel like we've kind of been on island time you know Yes. So like now, now we're back to like good old everybody time. We're like, you know, we're in America and we do like this crazy, like we're insane. We work all the time. We're always doing something. (laughs) You're not doing something like there's something wrong with you, you know? But like, I feel like we've literally been on like Island time. And if you've never heard that, like people say, if you live on an Island, like things are just naturally slower because you don't have the pressures of like every other, like, you know, major, 
everything around you, right? Major cities, major transportation, major business. Like you don't have all those things around you on an, on an island. So people refer to that as like island life, right? Where things just really yep. slow down because no one is just in that big of a rush. And I feel like we've been on an on an island time break as kind of a world, really as a country and specifically as a military community because I can really only speak for like my unit um, and what I've seen happen around me, but our training evolutions slowed dramatically. Yes. And um, so I think like as a military community, you know, that's really slowed things down. And I think a lot of people have been enjoying or definitely did enjoy like when spouses were teleworking and I know some spouses (laughs) Yeah. I know some spouses that are still teleworking. Their units still aren't fully, you know, operationally having their Marines come back because they're realizing like you can do a lot of work without you being in the office. Um, I I think that's all going to change now because of the vaccine, right? So like, that's just one of the things that's going to change. But I think even in our community, we've gotten a little used to it because, you know, teleworking and spouses aren't gone all the time in the field or on an exercise or whatever. And you know, we yanked people back from places earlier than we thought we were going to. We had people in Norway when the coronavirus outbreak started and we yanked them back right away, you know, so um, they spent less time away. I think that's kind of been a big thing. And I think over the last couple of weeks, it's really ramped up um, across the country, but really for the military, like we've started ramping up exercises again and we're going full speed with things and we're looking forward going, Hey, you know, now we got a plan for the next exercise. Cause we think this coronavirus thing is like getting done. We're, we're getting over the big, the big hill of it. Right. So I think that has played a lot. And I'm sure that that translates over into like the civilian side also, because, yes. um, you know, we, it just kind of all goes together, right? Like as people are getting vaccinated, it kind of all goes together. Like, you're in the dental field. So surely like you weren't seeing as many people, but now that people are vaccinated, they're being more comfortable with going and doing the things that they haven't done. Right. And that was one of the things we talked about yesterday. People are getting more comfortable with doing the things they haven't done in the last year. And now they're trying to play catch up. Yes. Right. And like people in your field are like, Whoa, slow your roll. We've been here all year. Where in the (laughs) F have you been? You know, like, (laughs) yes. Yes, so I think it's, it's just so it's the true. vaccines are going to start getting things back to like pre-COVID like time, and I think at first it's going to be overwhelming for people because we haven't done it for a while, and you know they say like it takes 21 days to build a habit, and we're well past 21 days of living island life style, you know, and so like now we're ramping back up, and it's just going to take a while to get back into that swing where everything feels leveled out and it doesn't feel like escalated. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to talk about the civilian world and my job and kind of how COVID has affected it. And, um, you know, so I didn't ever completely stop working through the pandemic or during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I still worked. It was half days, you know, people still had emergencies, like dentistry didn't stop just because COVID was around. Obviously we had to take more precautions, but, um, now that people are getting vaccinated and like you said, they're more comfortable. We, this month in the month of April, because we don't work on Fridays. So, and we're recording this on a Thursday. So today was our last day of work for the month of April. We produced for the month of April, the most that our office have ever has ever produced 
in the time that he has been open and he has been open for a very long time. Um, because yep. we have so many patients that had treatment that needed to be done pre COVID and they weren't coming, they weren't comfortable coming in during that time or until they got their vaccination and now they've gotten it. And now it's like, Oh, my insurance is expiring. Like legit. We saw yep. the same patient three days in a row because he had gotten his vaccine and his insurance was expiring. Um, yep. and so now patients are like, Oh, I got my vaccine. Like I'm good to go. And, so for us in the dental world, it has been insane. It has been yeah. absolutely insane. And then to top it off, um, again, only speaking for where I am, um, one of the major towns here in South Carolina lifted their mask mandate. And so oh. now it's not. Yes. So now in public places, it's not required. Um, private businesses can still choose to mandate whether, you know, their customers have to wear a mask or not, but public businesses, it's not required. And so, wow. yes, people are feeling even more comfortable. And now all of our kids in the state of South Carolina are back in school, um, face-to-face. It, it was mandated by the governor that they'd be face-to-face five days a week. Um, so <laughs> like you said, it's like everybody trying to play yeah. catch up. So kids are back yep. in school five days a week, you know, they don't have to wear masks in public places. Everybody's getting vaccinated. So it is, it's like do all the things. And for me personally, that's really overwhelming, really yeah. overwhelming. Well, you were also like the last couple of weeks, right? Cause obviously Jenna and I are friends. And so like on our own personal social media pages, we talk and we see each other's things that are going on. Um, so I think it's like important to note too, right. Um, in this episode, we really wanted to like focus on, on how you've gotten to your places with your mental health and things you've gone through and how you've kind of moved on or how you deal with those on a daily basis. But I think it's important also to point out that like things didn't stop for you, um, during the pandemic. And so there was a new level of normalcy and like, what we tend to do, like I see to myself too. And I, and I see you doing the same thing is, is, well, now we have time for all that stuff. We don't have, we didn't have time for, right. Like Ella's dance competitions. Yes. You know what I mean? So, so, so I see like you and me, what we've done is we've said, well, I don't have to be at work for all of this time or, you know, slurk is a little bit slower or whatever the case is like, Oh, I'm missing this or this is slowed down. And now you and I are like, Hmm, mom, mom mode. Yes. I'm going to get back some of that mom guilt. And now I'm going to devote myself to, um, you know, uh, I, like, <laughs> guys, I went like, um, I, I, <laughs> I've been back and forth with Rosie's teacher about, um, you know, whether they want to continue to try to put her in the gifted program or not. And, um, I went a little cray on her teacher yesterday. Cause I was like <laughs> at my end and done with it. But Normally my involvement with that situation would not be so much, but since things are a little slower, I'm a little more involved. And I've seen that with you the last couple of weeks because there's been a lot going on with Ella. And, um, I think the part of that is like, I have an opportunity to not feel guilty for being a working mom. And so we've tried to take advantage of that, but that is exhausting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're exactly right. It is very exhausting. And, Um, so I think I've talked about it and Ella obviously is my daughter. She's eight (laughs) and she, she decided to do, um, competition dance this year. 
Uh, first of all, I had no idea what that entailed. So if your <laughs> child is thinking about starting competition dance, please come see me first. Um, <laughs> but it is intense. It is so intense. And then, you know, I just had this conversation um, with my coworker the other day when we were talking because she said, you know, you just seem so stressed. And I said, I am. I am so stressed because I'm doing all of the things to try to not feel any guilt from it. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm the one suffering. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I try to give 110% at work because I don't want people to think I'm a bad worker. I don't, you know, want my boss to think he can't depend on me. Um, I try to do all the things with Ella at dance because I don't want her to think that I'm a shitty mom um, because I'm not there to pick her up or X, Y, Z. But also because, I hate to say it, but because Dustin can't be backstage with her to get her dressed, to do her hair, to do her makeup. I mean, God love the man. He would absolutely and 110% do it, but he can't because there's other girls and there's not a specific dressing room for girls with only dads, you know? So I have that responsibility. And then obviously being a wife and, you know, I have a home that I need to take care of and I'm on a kickball league. And I mean, the list, (laughs) this podcast, like the list truly goes on and on. And then on top of it all, I have this diagnosis of PMDD. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, so basically a lot of people refer to it as PMS on steroids. Um, that's a little controversial in the actual PMDD world though. Um, but basically it's the way that your body reacts to the changes of your hormones throughout your menstrual cycle. So when I tell you, I get maybe two good weeks out of the month, that's unfortunately not an exaggeration. Um, and it's life consuming. (laughs) Um, I just had a therapy appointment before this, which is why I was like, I can do it early. And then I was like, no, I can't. Uh (laughs) 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 But I just had a therapy appointment before Candace and I recorded and I was telling her about this and telling her like how overwhelming it all is. Like life in general is hard enough. And then to have this diagnosis hanging over me. And when I tell you guys that I just would, I would do anything to not feel like this anymore. I mean it. I have seen a therapist that specializes in hormones, a regular therapist, a psychiatrist, my primary care doctor. I have an appointment with an OBGYN. I've seen a functional medicine doctor. It is so overwhelming and it feels so lonely and hopeless and just depressing at times um, that to have to deal with that on top of life in general, um, it's hard. It is so hard. And then, you know, I have all this guilt from being a working full-time mom, my daughter's father, my husband, you know, being a military spouse. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounded really bad. But, <laughs> um, you know, him being a military spouse and being gone all the time, us not being close to family. Like I have all this guilt and then I have this guilt for struggling with this mental health disorder, um, that definitely affects my daily life. It affects our family life. So it's yeah. like guilt on top of guilt on top of guilt. And 
I finally broke down. So I was seeing a therapist when I was in California. Um, hands down, one of the best therapists I've ever seen. Um, but obviously we moved to the East Coast and our insurance doesn't cover it anymore. And it's not cheap. Um, no. But I finally broke down and reached out to her and made an appointment with her for today um, because I knew that's what I needed. And when I was talking to her today, she told me, you know, it's all about perspective. And I sat there and I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean it's all about perspective? Like, homegirl, I am sitting here telling you I don't have a free minute. What do you mean it's about perspective? Um, But when she broke it down and explained it to me, it was so true. Yes, I was diagnosed with PMDD, but I don't have to let it run my life. Yeah. Um, you know, there are ways that I can cope with it. There's, there are ways that I can realize and acknowledge, um, what's happening in the moment that it's happening. So it doesn't have to have this downfall effect. And for me with PMDD, everybody is obviously different in the way that it affects them. But unfortunately for me, the, I get really bad irritability and I get really bad rage. Like my irritability sends me into a rage and then it's just <laughs> downward spiral. spiral. Uh, um, I'm sure that's <laughs> Dustin's favorite. <laughs> yes, he loves it. Let me just tell you. Um, and, and honestly, though, that's part of the reason that I sought my old therapist back out. Um, I had such good results with her when I was seeing her previously. and realizing that this is affecting my marriage and my life in general, the way that it is, that's specifically the reason that I sought her out because it's not fair to them. And at one point during the conversation, she said, you know, I hear you talk about them, but what about you? Mm -hmm. That was my exact response. Oh, hmm. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. It's not fair to me either to have to deal with this. And it's not something that I should have to deal with, um, especially not alone. So while yes, it's miserable and yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, I am literally trying to do everything I can to get better. It was so refreshing to hear her today tell me, you know, you're not alone. We're going to get through this. There are ways without medication because I am not if you know me, I'm not a big medication person. Yep. Um, I take a lot of supplements. I will not lie about that. I take a lot of supplements on the daily basis. But if I don't have to take a prescription medication, I'm not going to. Yeah, me either. Um, and when I <laughs> when I started this whole process with PMDD, um, traditional doctors, I mean, obviously, they have limitations. And yep. they, they do what they know to do. Right. And so I was on Prozac, um, which is an antidepressant. It's an SSRI. I was on Effexor, which is an SNRI. Um, and then I was on Lamactyl, which if you don't know what that is, please look it up. It's a medication for, it's a mood stabilizer, commonly used in bipolar disease or disorder. Um, so I was going through all these medications trying to feel better, and it ended up making me feel worse. Um, and to be honest, I stopped cold Turkey, the Effexor and the Lamactyl at the same time. 
one of the worst possible things <laughs> that you can do, okay? Uh, it was in that moment that I realized why drug addicts are drug addicts because I would have given anything not to feel like that. And it lasted for about two weeks. Um, but I'm also the type of person I know myself. And if I'm not, if something's not working, I'm not going to continue to do it. Yeah. Um, and I will have to say this is the first month that I've been off of my medication. Um since my diagnosis and it hasn't been terrible. Um, but I also realized that it was something that I, I needed to reach out for help. Yeah. About. Um, and for me, that's a hard thing to do. You know, I wasn't going to counseling and talking to people and expressing your feelings. It wasn't a huge, it wasn't highlighted in my family. Like I'm not, it wasn't, not like a thing. Um, but it wasn't something that was highlighted in my family growing up. So it's uncomfortable for me to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was definitely a hard thing to sit back and realize like, Hey, this is affecting me so much that I need to get help. Um, but it was also one of the best things that I could do because, it took me down this path of, you know, traditional medicine and seeing how many people actually suffer and, um, seeing what other options there are, because if I'm dealing with this, obviously somebody else is dealing with this. And I am just hoping that by putting my story out there and making people aware, um, if they are struggling, they can get the help that they need to. I'm over here, like, doing the three-year-old thing, like, nodding my head as if people can see me. <laughs> right? You I know? know. I do that all the time. I'm like, I'm like oh, my gosh. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But well, I'm, like, nodding I, my head. <laughs> I think I've actually made the comment to you, too, that I'm glad we don't do video because if yeah. you see my facial expressions, you would be cracking up because <laughs> I just, I just, I am a very expressive person. Yeah. Um, and... One thing that I, I found shocking in my research about PMDD is that 30% of people who are diagnosed with PMDD at some point during their diagnosis will attempt suicide. And I think that is horrible. Um, yeah. That's a pretty high statistic. Um, and I think a lot of it, you know, obviously living with it myself, I think a lot of it comes from the feeling of hopelessness and the feeling of being alone. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's frustrating too, to, um, it was a lot of twos. I'm sure it's frustrating <laughs> to have something. And this is what a lot of mental health is about and in, in dealing with those types of things and mental health issues, um, and, and other things that lead to that, but you, you aren't in control of, what's happening right so like you're not in control of pmdd you weren't like oh give me that yeah right you please know please let me have that yeah so like it, it's not you're not in control of it and we want so badly to control that yes. that like mentally it becomes exhausting and it becomes something that just is too much to handle because you want so badly to be in control of it but you can't be you know it's just yeah that's yes you said it exactly. Now I'm over here doing like the three-year-old thing. Uh, because yeah. Like that's exactly what it is. 
And like, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I told you, I have sought out so many doctors because I just want answers. I just want to feel better. I just don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. And that gets exhausting. And I think that's where we lead to a lot of mental health issues. You know, it's where depression and anxiety and, you know, all of those things kind of come from because you, you want to be in control, but you're not, and you want to have a solution, but honestly, sometimes there just isn't one, or it is a struggle to find the right one for you because, um, so I go to, I'm in school right now for health and wellness. So you become a health educator. And one of the things that I've started to realize is that in medicine and health education in mainstream, um, medicine, right? Westernized medicine, we tend to treat everybody the same. Oh, you have cancer. Here's the treatment. Oh, you have PMDD. Here's the treatment. Oh, you have depression. Here's the treatment. And it shouldn't be like, Oh, you have PMDD or you, you have PMDD. This is it. It's Jenna has PMDD. How do we treat Jenna? Not how do we treat the PMDD? How do we treat you and your body and what works for you? And, you know, I applaud doctors and surgeons and nurses, and they do so many fantastic and wonderful things. And there are so many things that we have that we know about that we can cure, that get better, that we can fight and treat. And I mean, people walk around with like, you know, new body parts that are reconstructed from Lord knows what material they've come up with to do that with, you know, like I just had shoulder, shoulder surgery and they went in with some scopes and move my bicep tendon around, you know, like, so there's so many amazing things that they do, but we can't treat every single thing the same because we're not the same person. So what may work for you for PMDD may not work for someone else. And just because it worked for someone else, it's not going to work for you. Yes. And that is one of the biggest things. Um, so there's a Facebook group that I'm part of on um, Facebook, obviously. Duh. I almost <laughs> said Instagram, too. <laughs> uh, but there is a group that I'm part of on Facebook um, for people that have been diagnosed with PMDD. And one of the biggest things that I have seen and researched and, you know, just really looked at is, you know, treatments. And exactly yeah. like you said, one person can try one thing and it's not going to work for the next person. And I, I, that is okay. Like I am a firm believer and that is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's good to at least have the discussion of, Oh, well this medication worked for me. This medication did not work for me. You know, these supplements right. worked for me. These did not work for me that way. You know, somebody someday, I hope puts all of that together and, formulates a book or something um, (laughs) where everything is just in one place um, to say, Hey, you know, this is what this is. We have tried these medications. We've tried these supplements, like majority of the people, this works. You've got that, you know, one third percent or whatever that it doesn't, they tried this and it worked, but just to, see all the different things that people have tried. Number one, I applaud every single person for trying all of those things because like you said, that's exhausting. It is so exhausting. Um, and number two for putting it out there and sharing their story. Um, there's a Instagram group that I follow that is all about PMDD and, 
um, you know, they just recently had like a pledge and an option to share your story and things like that. And that is what we need with mental health. Um, right. I, I don't think a lot of times mental health is studied the way that other things in medicine is. And it's unfortunate um, because I think mental health is the root of everything. Yeah. And I think we're getting better as a society. We're getting better with it. And, you know, we talk about breaking the stigma a lot, but I think just like with everything else, you know, um, and I just compare this with like my service in the military over time. Um, it will, it will change because we teach the younger generations that like, yes. Hey, you have postpartum depression. That's okay. You have yes. PMDD. Also, that's okay. We are recognizing that the people who deal with these situations, um, you have depression, that's all right. You have anxiety, that's okay. You have PTSD, that's okay. We can help with that. You know, we're starting to realize that there are things we can do to support these people other than just say like, huh, there's something wrong with you. Get away from me. Yes. Um, but we're starting to teach younger generations that it's okay. And they're starting to say like, hey, like, just because I have this doesn't mean like I'm incapable of doing things. I just have right. this other thing that I have to deal with. And so we're getting better, especially with mental health stuff to make it no normalized, to normalize yeah. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that word because I don't like mm -hmm. saying something's normal, but to, to normalize it, I guess is the best yeah. way. And it's, yeah. it's interesting that you said that because one of the things that I said to my coworker, whenever I was, you know, explaining about, going through all these doctors and medications and stuff is that I obviously want to understand for myself, but more importantly, I want to understand for my daughter because yeah. I want her to know that it is okay if you have this and you know, I have it too. And this is how we can treat it. I want to know, like I said, for myself, but more importantly for her, because I don't want her to struggle the way that I've had to struggle. Yep. Yep. I will say this. Um, I think we're probably wrapping up here, but I will, I will say this. I applaud you because you had someone tell you, you were stressed and you said, I am. There was yeah. no like, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm not stressed out. No, no, I am. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And you guys, you have to be okay with telling people that if someone yes. asks you if you're okay and you're not, don't say, yeah, I'm good. If you're not good then say that yes. like they may not have the right response back to you. That's kind of their deal, right? They just are probably a little shocked, but it's okay <laughs> to say that like, you're not okay. You're not having a good day. You're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling a little depressed. Like it is okay to say these things. And I just hope that like over these next couple episodes, people can really relate to like what we're talking about and what we're saying, because hopefully they hear you say, um, my coworker said, you look a little stressed. And I said, I am because that is the difference between recognizing that you have something going on. That's an extra stressor that really impacts you both mentally and physically and being like, okay, well I, I am, I am stressed out. You yeah. may not be able to solve the problem, but, but I am. And so I just need to be real about the fact that I am and I'm not going to hide that from people yes. because literally everybody gets stressed out. And at some point, everybody deals with anxiety. I mean, we deal with those things all the time. Um, 
And so it's okay to be like that. It's okay. Yes. And, you know, I think it ties back into the episode where we were talking about no being a whole sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really, it comes back to setting boundaries. Um, you know, when she, and I honestly, that might've been the first time in my life that I've ever said like, yeah, I am stressed. Like I am a hundred, I'm at, I am over my max. Um, and I, I think I even told her like, I'm, at my max and I'm just waiting for everything to either explode or for myself to implode um, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's where I'm at. And even just saying like, even her just recognizing the fact that I was stressed was enough validation for me to be like, wow, like people really do notice yep. and I don't have to carry the weight of it all. Like I don't. It's okay to be, it's okay to be stressed. It's okay to be at your max. It's okay to, you know, need a breather. And most importantly, it's okay to take that, you know, don't ever, 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 ever feel bad. If you need to take a day off work because you're too stressed, if you need to ask somebody else else for help, um, you know, if it's cleaning your house, doing your laundry, cooking you meals, ordering a meal service, freaking door dashing food. Don't ever feel guilty about that if that's what you need. Um, and if that's, what's going to help your mental health, I can't tell you there's probably three inches of dust sitting in my house right now, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> like, either a, I will hire somebody to come in and do it or it'll collect another inch until my husband's like, mm, I should probably dust this. Um, <laughs> Or our schedule calms down a little bit and, you know, I'm able to take care of it myself. Um, But I've learned to ask for help and also prioritize, you know, real quick before we wrap this up this morning, my daughter, she's like, mom, did you do laundry? I looked at her and I said, no. She's like, oh, well, my mask that I wanted to wear, I think is in the dirty clothes. And I'm like, okay, we'll either go get it from the dirty clothes or find a different mask. Like I sorry she kind of looked at me shocked and I was like I I honestly I did not normally I would have felt bad because she didn't have what she needed but in that moment I did not feel bad at all because doing the laundry was not she had clean clothes she had other clean masks she had everything that she needed Mm -hmm. and so Again, I just want to reiterate, like, do not feel bad asking for help. Do not feel bad taking a break for yourself. Um, You know, if you need to get a babysitter simply so you can sit on the couch and eat ice cream straight from the tub and binge watch Netflix, do that. Um, Whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, because ultimately the biggest thing that I've realized is that if I'm not taking care of myself, it affects my whole